Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruby for All. Julie, what's up? Happy New Year. Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year's. We're recording this a little bit early, but when this episode comes out, it will be the new year and a new Ruby version will be out. And it will probably be the same disasters this year, but let's go. Positive <laughs> attitude. Do you do New Year's resolutions, Julie? What are New Year's resolutions? I guess New Year's resolutions, at least in America, I don't know if this is a global thing, but in America, New Year's resolutions are these goals that you set for yourself to accomplish in the new year. And it's this common trap that humans put themselves in where they're like, oh, yeah, because next year will be all different and I'll be a brand new person and (laughs) I'll accomplish all these goals. But it's kind of a nice motivator. It's a point in time to start and try new habits and see if they stick. So when you tried New Year's resolutions, how long did it take before you would say that didn't work? Sometimes they wouldn't even start. I mean, (laughs) if the listeners haven't picked this up, I am not super bullish on New Year's resolutions just because that's not the way my brain works. And it always kind of leads into disappointment for me. So I don't really do them. Instead, I just kind of have overarching goals. And then for like the smaller stuff, I don't wait until New Year's to like try to start things. I don't wait till January to start to try to work out or try to eat better. It's just things that I start doing when they need to be done. So they don't usually stick for me, and which is why I've kind of soured on them over the years. But I still like the idea of it. I at least like the idea of having like maybe some goals that you set for yourself for the whole year instead of like, oh, I want to work out every day and I want to do this. But like by the end of the year, I want to accomplish this thing and don't commit to like the smaller, more like everyday tasks, but like the overarching goals, I think are better for me at least. I think the last time I did New Year's resolutions was when I was in school. So it's been quite a while. I don't think they work for me either. And I even tried this habit tracker that I talked about back in, I think it was in October. And I was going really well for a while because I can see it right in front of me with check marks. And then October 10th is when they're all empty just because I didn't want to keep track. And then also I fell off of quite a bit of them. The falling off part is like, for me, I'm very all or nothing. And I think you are the same way. So it's like you miss one day and it's like, oh, well, I don't do this thing anymore. And then you look at it in shame and you're like, I wish I was doing this thing, but you don't do it. And then you'll probably pick it up again eventually whenever your brain's like, oh, I should start doing that thing again. And then I don't know, at least for me, the cycle repeats. (laughs) Same. Very much a cycle where I fall off of it. I feel bad about it for a while. And then I think, oh, I need to change something about myself. And then I go and I do the thing and then the cycle repeats. Yep. But at least in that cycle, you are always trying to improve. It's just like you find things that don't really work or that aren't really stimulating for you and you move on. Yeah. I have a question for you. Are you a proactive person or a reactive person? I think for the most part, by nature, I'm very reactive. Because I don't do things until they need to be done. But in my brain, I am proactive about some things. Oh, interesting. I don't know what I'm proactive about because I tend to be very reactive. Unless there's a fire happening, I won't like go and do the thing that I need right. to do. If someone puts something on my desk and says, I need you to do this for me, unless it's like due or maybe the time has passed, 
it might just like have other things pile up and I forget about it. So yeah, I'm very reactive myself. Unless there is something that's going on in my life where I feel like I need to change, then I won't actively go do that. For example, I did the habit tracker in October because I woke up one day and my neck was hurting. So I was like, oh, maybe I need to work out more. And so I started going to the gym and I was doing body pump and I really enjoyed that. And then my neck stopped hurting. And here I am <laughs> not going Problem to solved. Yeah. Now I'm very much like that too. By nature, and I don't want to be, it is a frustrating cycle, but that is how I am. So, I mean, I find ways to work with it sometimes. I do find that I need deadlines because it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it the last day, <laughs> just Wait, all the time. If you trick yourself into setting a different deadline than when it's actually due, does that work for you? I have tried that. And here's the problem. I am so good at convincing myself of anything. I can lie and gaslight myself to no end. It is absolutely incredible if it wasn't being used so poorly. It does like work out for me in other ways. Like I am really good at selling things. Like I'm a good salesman. I'm good at pitching ideas. Like I'm good at like getting people on my side on things. And I'm a good leader in some ways but I primarily use it against myself. So I can try and set a fake deadline. And most of the time, my brain's just not going to... Because it knows I'm trying to trick myself. And for some reason, it just doesn't work. I don't know. It's really strange. Because I tried to do that recently. Remember with the conference talk? I tried to like get it done by a different date. And then I still didn't have it done until the day of. So I don't know. I need help. I find that if I tried to trick myself, I don't do it because I'm afraid that if I tried to tell myself it was due a certain day, I know that it's not due that day. So then I procrastinate after it, but then I might miss the actual deadline if I forget when that actual day is. I guess I could have two things on my calendar, but I don't know. That's just too much for me to keep track of. Like lying to people, like if I lie to people, I'm not going to remember who I lied to and what I lied about. So I just don't do it. That's a good policy. I used to be a very prolific liar. And now I really try not to. Because I can convince myself of something that literally didn't happen. I have caught myself doing that more times than I would like to admit. And that's something I've been working on a lot. It's like, you know, this thing that I have been telling myself for all this time literally is A, not real or B, did not happen. And I've made up this entire thing and convinced myself that it happened and it didn't happen. It's just completely made up. And I'm that good at convincing myself of things. What are some goals that you're planning on working on this year? This year, I want to grow this podcast more and continue advocating for juniors. I think that's like my overarching goal is like continuing on this path of advocating for Ruby, advocating for juniors, trying to continue to build up the community and be a part of it and contribute to open source. And I don't know, just really be in the community. I think that's number one. And I guess number two is I want to get better at my project management skills because I'm going to be needing to do more of it at work. And I loathe it. <laughs> And I have to accept it and just figure out ways to enjoy it or not, maybe not enjoy it, but I need to figure out ways to do it and be better at it. And I think part of the reason I don't like it so much because I feel like I'm not good at it and because I have problems planning things. And I feel like if I could just get over that, 
that maybe it wouldn't be so bad. And I wouldn't have built up this like mental image of it being so scary. Why do you need to be better at project management? Because I am not good at it. And I'm going to be leading more projects in the next year. So what does that even look like? I have not myself led a project that required more people. I had to lead a small thing where it was a few tickets, just me. And it was pretty easy, like straightforward. So I don't know what that looks like for if you're going to lead a group of people. There's just a lot more non-coding tasks attached to it, which I like to avoid. Planning and writing up task descriptions, planning for meetings, and things like that. The reason I don't want to do it is because I don't think I'm good at it, I don't want to let people down. So that's like my main fear is because I don't think I'm good at this. I don't want to let people down. And also, I just don't want to do it. But I can do it. I have the ability to do it. I need to do well at it so that the people that I'm working with, so that I can empower them too, right? So I don't know. I think I just built all this up in my brain is to be something bigger than it really is. But I have avoided management in the past because I've had bad experiences with it in the past. And I want to be better at it. And I feel like it's something I can do. I don't know. I need to get better. Well, I like that you will need to work on it if you put yourself in that position. So by leading more projects, you'll be doing it. And I like that you're working on something that you're, I guess, is a challenge for you. I guess I haven't really thought about some of my goals. I definitely do want to figure out a workout regimen, something. And actually, I started taking my kids to the playground more and actually going on it myself. And it's been great. My kids will be like, hey, let's play follow the leader. And I have to do everything that they're doing. And I have to squeeze through tight little holes and go down slides. It's been fun. It's awesome. When I was a kid, I loved when my parents would get on the playground with me because I was rambunctious, to say the least. So (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. There's two of them. So sometimes when they don't want to do the same thing, I'm like, well, there's only one of me. What should I do? (laughs) Right. What are you thinking career goals? Have you thought about where maybe you want to be with your position or where you want to be with your skills? Or is there anything else like that you want to accomplish? I do want to continue learning Ruby more deeply and am in the middle of reading The Well-Grounded Rubyist. So that has definitely helped. I can't remember if I talked about this on the show before, but the first time I read through the book, I think I got through halfway, but I didn't really read it deeply. I just read it very superficially, didn't play around in the IRB and didn't think about things critically. This time around, I'm writing down questions that I could ask myself after the chapter is over to see if I remember or understand what the book was trying to tell me. And I'm playing it around in the IRB a lot more. So I'm hoping that it doesn't take me the whole year. But yeah, I like to refer to that as joyous exploration. It is joyous. Just exploring and having fun. That's always my goal. I think this is like continue getting better at Ruby, be better at Ruby, be better at Ruby, learn more Ruby. But I'm also like experimenting with exploring other languages and stuff that are maybe adjacent. Building iOS and Android apps is only going to get more and more popular as the tools in Rails increase around it. And so I've started learning Swift a little bit in my spare time. 
just because I'm interested in it and because I have like my own app ideas that I want to make. So I'm just playing in there. And I've also started learning Vim and I've switched over to Vim full time in VS Code, I should note. So I'm using the Vim key bindings in VS Code, not using Vim directly. But that's been some fun and challenging in some ways. And I just want to get better at that too. Hi there, Julie here. I would like to take a moment to thank GoRails for sponsoring this episode. When I was first starting out, I struggled with finding up-to-date content to help me level up. Then I learned about GoRails. Not only does GoRails provide new screencasts weekly, they also have two fantastic instructors that break down complex topics into digestible chunks. On top of that, I really appreciate when they explain the whys behind the subject. One of my favorite walkthroughs is creating your first Ruby gem from scratch. What a great way to learn by stripping down to just the basics. If you care about leveling up as a Ruby engineer, you can't go wrong with GoRails. Check it out at GoRails.com. So a couple of things. One, are you learning Swift by making an app currently or just doing some tutorials? So Apple has an app called Swift Playgrounds, which you can download on your iPad or your Mac. And I've been doing that. Awesome. So it's a bunch of interactive tutorials. I heard about that. I remember putting a tweet out for something like, do you teach your kids to code? And if so, what do you use? And I think that came up and I want to try that out sometime. The other question I had was Vim. So I also started using Vim key bindings in my VS code. I fell off of that. I want to keep getting better at it. So I keep opening Vim Tutor every now and then and trying to remember where I was and how far along. By the way, Vim Tutor is really awesome. You just go to the terminal, type in Vim Tutor, and yep. that should populate. And you can do the exercises right in your terminal. And so every now and then I would go back and I would continue working on that. But I keep forgetting that I have that on because I just, I use a roller mouse and the roller mouse is like this long roll underneath mm -hmm. your space bar. So I don't have to move very far to get to a mouse. So it's like not as bad for me. But yeah, I would like to also improve my Vim key bindings. I've been turning it on and off for a while. And just recently I was like, I'm just going to turn it on and there's no other option. I can't turn it off. And that's the mental thing I just told myself is like, it stays on, it doesn't turn off anymore. Yeah, it's just been on ever since. <laughs> Nice. And I'm still struggling with some things, but I'm getting better. Definitely getting better. Is there a way for you to easily go to another file without having to use your mouse to get there? Like if you have side-by-side -side files and you're yes. currently working on the left one, can you go to the right one without using your mouse to get to it? Or Yes. I don't know if this is my key binding or if this is the default, but I think Command-1 will switch it to the editor. And then I know there's a key binding to be able to like move to the next pane. I don't know what it is off the top of my head because I don't use it a lot. Okay. But I think command one, maybe command two will work. I don't know. Well, I'll take a look at that. I have my terminal also in VS Code. I don't know if you do the same thing, but I don't know how to like go into the terminal without clicking on it. So I do know that one. I think that's command tilde by default. Oh, okay. And I have it mapped to something else, but I think command tilde by default will open the terminal. Okay, that's the thing next to the one, right? The yes. Line. Okay, cool. I think that will do it. 
And there's definitely pain navigation, but if you hit command shift P and type in keyboard shortcuts on VS code, you can find the keyboard shortcuts preference pane and it'll list all of them and you can search for them and stuff like that. You can search by the key command. You can search by the names. Cool. Thank you. You were talking about learning new languages and I also started trying to get to know React a little bit more because we're pretty front end focused on my team and I was doing some back end work and I felt isolated from my team. So now this sprint, I'm doing more front end work and being more involved and I felt a lot better. So I think I was happier doing more front end work, but being a part of the team than doing back end only work. So until I am able to have a team where we do a lot of back end stuff, I'm going to focus a little bit more on some front endings for now. I'm still nice. clearly developing my Ruby skills. Yeah. JavaScript has never been my favorite language. I've also avoided it very similar to the way I've avoided project management. But this year I had to write a lot more JavaScript and I got a lot better at it. And I am happy about that. So I'm definitely not a JavaScript pro by any means, but I don't procrastinate as much when I have to jump in and write a mm -hmm. bunch. Procrastination. That's what I would call what I was doing before, where a front end ticket, I'd be like, no, I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of just put it off. I so started by fun. saying, oh, I didn't hate this ticket because I used to say I hate front end. As I started saying, oh, I didn't hate doing that. I didn't hate doing this. And now I'm actually looking forward to trying to solve because at the end of the day, it's solving problems. And I looked forward to the solving problems with now better knowledge of the tools I'm using. 100%. And I'm trying to stay away from the terms like I hate, I don't like <laughs> as much as I can because I have a habit of complaining. I'm a complainer. I always have been. And I don't know, it's just negative. I don't need to do it. If it doesn't really add anything, it's like, what's the point of saying this? And very early in my career, I poo-pooed on React a lot. It was kind of like fear. It was like, if I keep telling people I don't want to do this, then they won't make me do it maybe. But now I'm like, okay, there's nothing wrong with React. I just don't know it. And so writing it is daunting. I've tried to change some of my thinking around that. I was like, I don't need to complain. <laughs> I can keep this to myself. And a lot of people really love it. And I don't want to poo-poo on anyone who's writing it because that was never my intention, right? It was never about that. And I realized that's the way it was coming off a lot. So in the past year, I've really worked on curtailing that sort of talk that I used to do a lot more. I didn't really notice it, but that's a a good general... Mantra. Yes. I can also reduce my complaining. Yeah. I want to uplift people around me. Mm -hmm. And complaining about things that people really enjoy is not something you do to do that. So the fact that you haven't noticed is good because I have really been working on it. So I'm just going to continue doing that. That's great. Yeah. You have any podcast goals for next year? Any fun things you want to do? Any big ideas that we can throw out into the universe? So I came up with an idea for what we can do for future episodes. And since I'm on this path to learning Ruby a little bit more deeply, I also talked to Colin Gilbert. Hi, Colin. Nice to bring you up again. But I was saying... You know, I really want to learn Ruby methods more, but I'm not sure how to achieve that. And 
he brought up Code Wars and just doing a kata every day. And so since then, I've been doing about a kata every day. And it really helped build my kind of bag of Ruby methods that I know. And now I know easily where to go to find certain methods that maybe I don't know about. So in honor of that, I'd like to work with you. Yeah, me. Hello. (laughs) Hi. To share maybe some of our favorite Ruby methods, some of the Ruby methods that I learned along the way, some cool things that we didn't know about them until I was working on these kata. And every episode for February, we'll share seven methods that we will investigate. For each episode, we will share seven methods that we will dig in deeper and hopefully you can try them out and let us know what you think about them. Yep. We're going to basically do a deep dive on seven methods for each episode in February and I don't know, talk about them. Maybe some applications of them, some things we've learned about them, some special use cases of them. And for anyone out there, if you've got any favorite Ruby methods or things you think we should cover, send them our way. And we'll add them to our list. Cool. Well, I think this is going to be a little bit of a shorter one, but I think that's fine for our first 2023 episode. So, Julie, I hope your holiday went well. We will find out when we return. (laughs) But for everyone else, thank you so much for sticking with us in 2022. I mean, I think we had a blast making this podcast and meeting new people and figuring out how this all works and becoming friends. And I don't know, I'm excited for the adventures we go on in 2023. Yes. Very appreciative of all of you. Appreciative of you, Andrew. And looking forward to 2023. I appreciate you as well. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Paul. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.